0: just go to
1: cars.com It's magical.
0: There is a new man in purple as GM Kwasi Adolfo Mensa continues to make his mark in Minnesota. TJ Hawkinson goes from the 1-6 Lions to the 6-1 and one Vikings. Eric, are you ready for some hot takes? I am so excited.
2: It's been a few weeks and we have a lot to cover, so let's get right to it. Let's get in.
1: What's your take? Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes.
0: Welcome to the fast-moving Minnesota Vikings talk show, Viking Hot Takes. We've got six questions 20 minutes and the fans with the answers in the comments welcome y'all we're after the trade deadline today eric how you feeling man uh you gotta feel great the vikings
2: are six and one they just traded for a a, a tight end one and they, you know the um irv smith who really hasn't wasn't having that great of a season uh was down uh, sounds like a high ankle sprain, but the, the original estimate is eight to ten weeks. So that seems like a really serious high ankle sprain. So, um, but then getting the news of the TJ Hawkinson's train right after that. I mean, it's uh, the Vikings are going for it, and with uh, in, with the the lead in the division that they have, you you kind of have to uh, you you see why they're doing it. And, and they say it's, like, it's an exciting time to, to be a Vikings fan. And you, again, you see all these things where, well, you know the the, the you know the how they are a six in one team. That's fine. They're still six. In one they're still leading the division by a whole bunch so let's go
0: let's go well let's hop into it eric's already spitting takes <laughs> but we're gonna start the show now i'm gonna ask eric the full question there is only one place where we can start this show it is with the big trade news the vikings trade for tj hawkinson they send a second round pick and a fourth round pick to the Detroit Lions they get back two conditional fourth round picks, one in twenty twenty four Eric grade this trade
2: i mean you you obviously want to see how it plays out and it can uh, uh it could vary greatly depending on how Hawkinson performs and how the Vikings perform in the whole. But first blush, I mean, it's it's got to be an A minus a- for me, just because they're they're getting a couple of those picks back, and of course, trading a second for a fourth and um, rearranging that. It's not as bad as it sounds because that the, the second rounder that the Vikings are giving up right now. Is a pretty late in the second round pick. I think you know they're 29th or 30th or 28th or something along that. In you know per round in the pick, and the Lions right now, I believe, are the number one overall pick. So when when you're jumping to the very end of the second round, and maybe that changes, of course, in the very beginning of the fourth round, that's not a ton of trade value to give up, and especially when it was such a huge need position after Irv Smith once again went down. um, It's the you know you, you hate to bring up a, a Zimmerism that, the, you know, you can't make the club from the tub, but man, he has had a really rough time with, uh, with with injuries. And just even when he was healthy this year, his performance wasn't that great. And T.J. Hawkinson Ooh. gives you a known commodity who should fit really well in this offense. He's got the size. His blocking is extremely underrated, and that can be a big part in this offense. They can open mm-hmm. up other lanes. And now Kirk Cousins has a ton of weapons to go for. I mean, he, have, he has the one-two punch in Thielen Jefferson that we knew about. Osborne has had some uh, good flashes this season you have Cook and Madison doing taking care of business for the most part in the backfield especially this last week it's a it's a formidable offense and let's not forget the offensive line outside of Ed and Ed Ingram who's a rookie everyone has been playing pretty darn well Garrett Bradbury included. So when you look across this offense, this is a contending type of offense. And when you have the six and one record, when you have the aforementioned big lead in the NFC North, I mean, it was a great week overall for the Vikings. They won everyone else in the division Lost. That's always cause for celebration. So it's really exciting. And, Again, you, it could play out a whole bunch of different ways, but uh, first blush, they didn't have to give up a ton. They're they're going to get a little bit back, and if that uh, if they win the playoff game, I believe the one the one pick they get back turns from a fourth into a fifth. But I think think that's a that's a good cost of doing business because that means the trade was successful in the first place.
0: Yeah, hey, Eric, you're making a strong case, and I can feel that passion. I know you came back from that Jared Allen halftime show hyped. <laughs> I'm going to give, I, if you would ask me before this trade, should the Vikings be making that trade at the trade deadline, I would have said no. And so I'm going to give this trade a solid B. It's not a hump move for me. And and that's because I just think the Vikings are far are, are far away from getting over that hump. Yes, they're 6-1. and one. Yes, they're leading the NFC North. But you look at some of their advanced stats, you look at some of their their production totals, you look at some of their third down and long, their their offensive efficiency totals, they're not just quite there yet. And so we have to ask ourselves, are we drinking the Kool-Aid enough to give up a second round pick when maybe this isn't our year? Does pushing the chips in now really give us a hand that's going to make us a Super Bowl contender or even close? Now, He's a clear upgrade at tight end. I'm not going to argue that. But for me, what it comes down to is TJ Hawkinson needs to be the number two receiver in this offense for the trade to be worth it. Needs to see way more than four targets a game like Irv Smith was getting um, it, it, for, this, for this trade to make sense. And he needs to get more targets than Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne if this trade is going to be worth it for me.
2: I'm, I'm with you on the targets. He definitely has to be more involved in the offense than Irv Smith was, but on a lot of different factors, the, the amount of exact targets. That's you know, if again, like I touched on, Hawkinson can block. He can, he can do a yes. he can do a really great job in the in the in the run game, which hasn't been always great this season. It's been kind of sputtering. Delvin Cook's numbers aren't great, and I'm totally with you. There are there is a top tier of NFL teams right now, and it's the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Bills. They are head and shoulders above everyone in any uh, advanced stat. And yes, the the DVOA is the, the the grades and all the the advanced metrics do not look good for a six and one team, but I think it's still a six and one team that can improve. Like I I think there's a lot Mm -hmm. of room to improve and Hawkinson should help them do that. So it'll, again, it's, they aren't giving up the, you know, it isn't uh, the Rams FM picks kind (laughs) of trade, but it is, it is giving up some draft capital and it, you know, Hawkinson has to be a market upgrade in this uh, offense. And again, they, they still have them for next year. It is the fifth year option that the Lions already uh, Mm -hmm. signed him to. Um, but you, maybe they restructure that in, in some way next year if he works out. But it's a good year and a half rental to see what, what you have. And, and it looks like, you know, uh, a, a big upgrade for the position. So, so my right. question, yeah. obviously, so, so my first question, it's, it's an easy transition from there. Is Irv Smith Jr. done in Minnesota
0: now with this trade? It's so easy to say Irv Smith is done. He, was, he, he had a bad drop early on the season, couldn't connect. In the first game, rough start to the year, and now another injury that puts him out eight to ten weeks. It's so easy to say Irv is gone. Me personally, you know, I don't think they're gonna go out of their way to get rid of Irv Smith Jr. He is under contract through 2024. And yes, you know, they can get all the 1.3 million that he's owed back if they cut him. But I could see this 2023 team going into that year with TJ Hawkinson. Irv Smith Jr. and Johnny Munt. That's a fantastic set of tight ends that that um, you know Kevin O'Connell can play with as his his playmakers, you know, continue to evolve. So I'm not gonna sit here and say, no, he's definitely gone, because I think he's cheap and I think you can keep him in the camp next year and then make the decision to cut him there. So Irv Smith still has an opportunity to be a part of this football team. Now, I will say that if you look at T.J. Hawkinson compared to Air Smith Jr., Hawkinson is just way more of a legit receiver. Hawkinson lines up in the slot for like 44% of his snaps in Detroit. So all this attention on Irv Smith getting the down arrow here, K.J. Osborne better watch out because what they've done here is they've gotten a slot receiver. They've gotten a big Six five, 255 hundred fifty five pound receiver. Somebody who we don't have on the team, and I think we're going to see some two wide receiver sets, more two tight end sets, and that really puts notice on me. Where we say we're in eleven personnel, but our slot receiver is T.J. Hawkinson, and then we've got Johnny Munn at tight end. So K.J. Osborne really needs to step up and kind of take some of those targets away from Adam Thielen because he's not, he's not competing with TJ Hawkinson if we start putting TJ in the slot more.
2: Yeah. I think that's pretty fair. It just with the Irv Smith. Yes, he probably will be cheap, but he's going to be cheap for just about anyone because this is his last year, of his contract. It is year four already. That's I mean, that's yeah. I've, I've, I've made the joke like to, this year was the, the third annual Irv Smith breakout year because we've been saying it since 2020. Like it just seems like he's so young because he's barely been on the field. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what kind of, uh, what you know, you expect the price not to be too high, and yeah, with with having Hawkinson in the fold and having someone else like Irv Smith who has shown he can be a decent receiver, he's a little undersized. And again, if the if the health thing is is cleared, that's that's you can just be a lot more versatile in the offense. You don't have to depend on an aging Adam Thielen and uh, kind of an up and down. J- KJ Osborne, you can run these two tight end sets. Johnny Mont, you know, like the heat, he caught a touchdown. You know, I, lo- I loved. Uh, yeah. I can't remember who did the meme, but they did the Randy Moss Photoshop of you know one catch, one yard, one touchdown. You know the the old uh, the Halloween the or you know, the Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys. I thought that was pretty great. But yeah, it's um, the more options, the better. I'm not going to say never say never, but I, if I had to guess right now, I do not believe that Irv Smith is on the team in 2023. It just with with him being a free agent and the them the Vikings. Investing in Hawkinson and having other people that they're going to have to pay next year—I just don't see it.
0: That's fair. Let's go to the next one. I got—I got all the fans fired up because I'm not just straight drinking the Kool-Aid. TJ Hawkinson, we're going to the Super Bowl. Eric, what's the biggest hole on the Vikings starting roster? Well, I hope we don't have to find out
2: because I really think it's—it's it's mostly depth on the defensive side of the ball. Because again, the Vikings. Mm-hmm. That up until this week have been really really fortunate and you know what when's the last time a team going into week eight of course it's coming off the bye that always helps with injuries but they had nobody on the injury report and coming into last week they had all 53 people on the roster of course they had the two people on ir but um i think delvin tomlinson might be a big one and expose some of that lack of depth because tomlinson was quietly having a really good year on a Defense that hasn't been great this season, I think, especially on the mm-hmm. on the defensive line. He was really helping a lot in, in the middle of that defense. So losing him, maybe, you know, it sounds like it, I believe KOC's quote was week to week, which is really if he, you know, it could be a couple weeks, it could be one week, it could be zero weeks. But until we know more about that, Harrison Phillips has done a really nice job. But again, that's, we talked about him kind of going into the season. that He's not going to be out there for 60 snaps a game. You kind of have to have that rotation. So we'll have to see what other players do to step up. And I think um, maybe another one where I was I was thinking maybe they would uh, go after in the trade is the is the secondary, because I think uh, that Nuck Hopkins exposed, you know, a, a mismatch yeah. that we saw, kind of all saw coming in that slot corner. You know, Chandon Sullivan yeah, has Chandon been Sullivan. You know, he's 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 been a weak spot. He's 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 not allowing a ton of giant plays, but he's I mean, it's almost every week. It's, you know catches on 10 targets for close to 80 or 90 yards it seems to be the norm and he's not just he's, uh, you know that the teams are other opponents are keeping drives alive from the slot and i think you know the the more film that the vikings have on that so it's the i think right now there aren't in a ton of glaring holes well we might get to one on a future question here but uh, i think right now they're okay it's just the the depth on the defense is my biggest concern how about you
0: yeah chandon sullivan uh, at allowing 65 yards per game, 215 yards in the last two games combined. So, you know, we'll move in the next one. I think that's a great answer, Eric. righty. So
2: we we asked this question, uh, I think last show a, a couple a few weeks ago. I have to bring it up. You brought it up to me. Now I'm I have to I'm throwing it back at my own face here. On a scale of <laughs> one to ten, how much do you trust Greg Joseph?
0: You are way too nice to me, Eric. You're like giving me the opportunity to dunk on you. I'm not yep, going to do that. It, I deserve it. it. I, my score has not changed. Two weeks ago, you gave him an 8 out of 10. I did. So I did. you tell us, what do you give him now? Um, It's less than 8. It's a lot it's, it's
2: lower uh, uh recent uh events have lowered said grade. you know it was just okay, he was m- making everything under 50 and he missed a couple extra points. No big deal, but it's went, and now it's it's these extra points. you can't miss this many. It's a thirty three yard field goal and again, like yeah. it's a couple of them are blocked, and you you look at it at the replay on a couple of them, and it's maybe not all his fault. maybe there's a snap here, but they're adding up. And this is the—I swear—it's just the—it's—it's um, it's like wearing cursed uh, a cursed amulet when you're a kicker and you and you put on that purple jersey. It just—it something goes wrong with your innards or something. I don't know, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's a huge concern. And again, it almost costs them the game. Again, like if the Vikings lose yes. two or three of these games, I think Joseph—he might be already be out. But the fact yeah. that they keep on holding on by the skin of their teeth—that we shouldn't have had to sweat that Cardinals game. It should have been a nine point lead after the Cardinals, after the Vikings stopped the two point conversion The Vikings score. They should have gone up nine and it should have been easy, relatively easy sailing from that, but nope, he had to keep it a one score game. But with the, with the extra point, it's it's I right now I'm not giving up completely because again, the majority of the stuff has been, I don't know, it's way lower. I would have to say three or four and four if it keeps, yeah, if it, if it keeps happening, it i don't see him finishing the season with the vikings they have to go somewhere again it's all these kickers though it's like what are you going to replace him with it's going to be another you know that's going to be another guy that you can't 100% trust and you hope he gets hot
0: <laughs> we are not done bitching about edge greg <laughs> joseph has not made a 50 yard field goal since week 1 he hasn't made all of his kicks in a single game since week 2 if you're mm-hmm. at if you're at midfield with 3 seconds left before halftime, you throw the Hail Mary. You don't trot this guy out there. Let's go to the next question. <laughs> so you're
2: not like what well, you, you don't even
0: update I'm done. The number
2: you're still okay,
0: you're out. With he them. should okay. not right. he should not kick a 50-yard field goal for the rest of the year. We should do something else with the ball. Eric. All right, what's your last time? When was the last time the Vikings were 6 and 1? <laughs>
2: Well, I th- I think you know this question, but I think I know what you're getting at with this question. So, the last two times the Vikings were 6 and 1. The last time happened to be 2009. That season was pretty memorable. That was the, uh, that some other guy came mm-hmm. in for, you know, another person from the NFC North came and helped out the Vikings. You know, maybe uh, uh, Brett Favre, I think his name was, I'm sure he, yeah. he's barely uh, made headlines. Lately, we don't say so that we don't, name we anymore. Yeah. No, exactly. No. He's a Packers. Now he's back to being a Packers <laughs> legend because we don't yeah. want to claim the stuff he's been doing lately. But um, so, but that season turned out pretty well. They were in 12 and four Stumbled a little bit, you know, that we let's, uh you know, the, we won't revisit the, the final result, but that, that turned out to be a pretty good overall season. The, the time before that wasn't as great, because that was the 2003 season. And that one, the Vikings finished 9-7, and seven, and it was the famous Paul Allen. Speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, it was the last game of the season. And no! I still remember exactly <laughs> wow. where I was. I, was, I was. I believe I was ice fishing that weekend, and we, had, we left the lake to watch that game to 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 watch him clinch and i drove home six hours right after it from the bar because i'm like all right i'm out i i couldn't didn't talk to anyone i was i was fishing (laughs) with so there are two different ways this can go and especially with how the vikings have been kind of skating by and being a um an imperfect six and one shall we say and with some tougher games coming up on the schedule it you could see it kind of going both ways i still think it would have to go pretty disastrous for, for this team to, to miss the playoffs mm-hmm. because you know, nine or ten wins might win the NFC North, even if the Vikings right. stumble and, and go under five hundred on the stretch. So I don't think it's going to be a miss the playoffs on the last play of the season kind of thing. But getting to the 2009 levels, there's a lot they have to clean up on, on both sides of the ball and be a lot more consistent with. I don't think the Vikings have put together a full 60 minutes of great football yet that at least the 60 minutes of football they, they're probably capable of and that's kind of the the biggest mm-hmm. concern because they they let these teams hang around they have great stretches I mean like the, the Cardinals game was great because they went five for five in the red zone they, they were finishing drives they took advantage but you can't always count on the muff punt and you can't always count on these these late turnovers and the um you know kind of right. the team shooting themselves in their own um in the foot so it's, uh, I think it's going to be somewhere in between the last six and one finishes. Um, you know, maybe the record does end up to be 11 or 12 wins just because the Vikings, you know, especially if some of these other NFC North teams, you know, they have three games in the division left and if two or three of them have already kind of packed it in, maybe they they sweep the division and maybe they get a few extra wins and then all of a sudden they're at 11 or 12. But um, to make that deep playoff run, they're they're going to have to to make some steps up. And I think the the, the Vikings know that like they, they know as yeah. constructed, especially, but in this NFC, you have the Eagles and then you have a ton of question marks. I mean, who else is going to right. like, if just get into the tournament and see what happens, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. 2003 and 2009, those two years, you compare them to now, 2003 and 2009, we had great offenses in both of those years. Uh, Top 10 offense, I think we were top two in 2009, top six in 2003. The difference between those two years was the defense. The the defense in 2009 was a top 10 unit. The defense in 2003 was 23rd. And you're looking at a Vikings team right now, their defense is 14th in points scored, 28th in yards allowed. It comes down to can the Vikings – either continue this turnover streak that they're on, both on special teams and defense, or will they actually start to get better? Because if this defense starts to crumble against some of the better offenses they're about to face, that's when 2003 starts getting a little crazy, maybe not missing the playoffs, but one and done in the playoffs. We still need to see more from this defense because, yeah, they played better, but they have played better against backup quarterbacks And, you know, not the top offenses in the league. But we're all cheering for 2009. Better than 2009.
2: Yes, I love it. I love it. All right. Speaking of those playoffs, (laughs) as of right now, which seed do you think the Vikings will get in the NFC playoffs?
0: You know, they're the two seed right now. They Mm -hmm. have the 11th hardest strength of schedule in the NFL. All the NFC teams have pretty you know, easy strength of schedules. I'm a little worried about Seattle and San Francisco passing us because they just have a very easy set of games coming up. But I can count six wins on this Viking schedule very easily. I can stretch to seven. So I'm going to stick with the two seed. I don't think they'll pass Philly for a one seed, but I'm going to stick to the two seed and just be optimistic about it. What are you thinking, Eric? Eric?
2: Yeah, I really think just because the, the teams like the Seahawks and um, the Niners have to play each other still. They still have, you know, they're all kind of mixed up. The, the, the NFC South is an absolute disaster. So there you go. Like if they if you think the Vikings can win the division, they should be able to hold on to that. So, you know, the, I don't know if they'll be the second best team, but I think the, the second seed is definitely there for the taking. All right. We went a little bit over, but we had to cover that, right?
0: No, no. I think we did a phenomenal job. You did a phenomenal job. Dave, our producer, did great as always. The fans in the comments helping us answer those questions. Sometimes this show just isn't long enough to talk about all the great things going on in Minnesota right now. But, hey, that's what next week is for. We'll be watching the game. Eric, you got a score prediction against the Commanders.
2: Well, I mean, it has to be a one score game, right? Like that's, that's kind of the rule. <laughs> and and yes, watch- we had, we had a lot to cover because the comments were talking about some Ed Ingram. We did not cover him enough. Apparently in this show, we didn't even um, talk about
0: Ed Ingram. I know.
2: Well, yeah, I touched on him very briefly. I'm like, everyone, but Ingram, and everyone's like, let me tell you about Ed Ingram. So anyways, uh, score prediction. Uh, Heineke's, you know, it's another quote unquote backup, but I'd much rather see, uh, my fellow NDSU alum, Carson Wentz in there. I think, uh, the Vikings will, you know, they're favored by three. I think it's going to be right around there. Three, four point game. I I'll do my official prediction, uh, in Thursday's or Friday's article on daily Norseman. I'll, I'll, I'll go somewhere around, uh, 28 to 24, but the Vikings get to 28 in a weird way because of missed extra points and stuff like that. And two point conversions. <laughs> How about you?
0: Uh, We got to hammer one of these teams, man, and it's it's another game where we're not playing a real quarterback. So if the defense can do a little bit more and Greg Joseph can ace his field goal, maybe we see T.J. Hawkinson emerges that number two receiving threat. I like Clifford's twenty seven seventeen prediction. Let's go there. All right. Okay,
2: well, let's keep it rolling. 7-1 and one, heading into yeah. a very tough game the following week. Uh,
0: hopefully they can take yep. care of business because that would be great. One game at a time. Dave, what you got?
1: Hey, everybody. Uh, speaking of Daily Norseman, Eric, Warren Ludford wrote a great piece on yes. Hawkinson today. And in it, he said, Everybody that makes the Super Bowl, the teams that make the Super Bowl, except for last year, had a top 10 tight end. So, <clears throat> we now add that piece. Most of them were top five. I think I think this was a great move today. We're going to be talking about it tomorrow on Vikings Happy Hour. When the guys get together, we have the full crew, Matt, Ryan, and Miles. They're going to come in and talk. We may even have a special guest out of the the Vikings beat writer scene. We'll find out. And it should be a good show. And then, of course, Saturday you get me and Darren, your two old bloggers, and we're going to break down that Washington Commanders game for you. And always afterwards, we have the final score in the last two minutes of the game. It was a great one last week. We look forward to next week. And a victory in D.C. But with that, Just what be- do we think? What do we say, guys? Well, j-
2: well, just to be clear, on Wednesday's show, it's Matt, comma Ryan, comma and Miles. It's that not Matt Ryan, a... the bench
0: benched Colts quarterback. Correct.
1: Right? It's Matt, <laughs> comma Ryan, okay, comma and Miles. You are good.
0: That's great. That's great. Well, yeah. Let's see if they wear those all whites. Until next time, y'all. Skull bikes. Go. Skull Vikings